0: A good day to you. Welcome. It is take two with Jerry and Debbie, but without Debbie today, but also with you. And we are looking forward to you joining us today. What are we talking about today? Something that is near and dear to my heart and all of our hearts here at EWTN. And hopefully it's near and dear to your heart as well. We decided, I think it was at the start of this past year, maybe a couple of years ago, we've been doing this for quite some time, to dedicate the first Friday of the month talking about the real presence of Jesus in the Eucharist. So that is our topic today. And I want to hear from you um talk about how much you appreciate the eucharist okay it's uh, john chapter 6 says you know unless you eat the flesh of the son of man and drink his blood you have no life in you do we really fully consciously appreciate the great gift that we have in the eucharist if you do call and share from your heart with the rest of the world because you could be really talking to someone who's out there going mm, i don't know do i really believe do i not believe do i appreciate it so call 833 833- Two eight eight EWTN eight three three two eight eight three nine eight six like i said debbie is off today she's actually traveling giving a talk this weekend and i'll have a, a quick update on her medical condition she had a meeting with her team of doctors yesterday i'll fill you in on that in a couple of minutes but i want to get those phone lines going how do you show your gratitude to jesus in the eucharist in the blessed sacrament do you make frequent visits do you have maybe a time slot once a week or maybe maybe daily? where you spend time in a Eucharistic chapel somewhere? Um, Do you make spiritual communions when you're not able to receive physically the real presence of Jesus in the Eucharist? So let's get these phone lines going, talk about your love, your gratitude, your appreciation for the Eucharist, how you share the truth of the Catholic belief in the Eucharist with others. We know it's firmly grounded, of course, in scripture and tradition, and there have been Eucharistic miracles. So there's no question about the reality of the presence of Jesus in the Eucharist, Let's talk about it today. 833-288-EWTN. I need you to help me out here today. It's you and me. I could talk the whole hour about the Eucharist and maybe you could too. So let's get together on this topic. 833 833- 288-3986 you can also email take two at EWTN.com get the chats going on social media hi there all of you wonderful people watching the video stream on Facebook or YouTube and you can post on the show website anytime 24 7 at take two show where we have a prayer wall as well so we get prayer intentions just about every day through the uh, take two show website 8332883986 do you attend mass more than just on sundays uh, if you go to daily mass there's certainly a reason why you do that and obviously i'm going to guess wild guess here it's because you want to receive the real presence of jesus in the eucharist um so maybe maybe you're actually away from sunday mass right now maybe you don't really go to Mass right now, or you go to Mass, but you don't receive the Eucharist because maybe you just aren't really sure it's Jesus, you don't really believe or whatever, let's talk about that. Let's talk about, you know, how we understand the real presence of Jesus to actually be in the Host and the Precious Blood. 833 288 Three nine eight six lines are starting to fill up now we've got our good uh, call screener Matt Gabensky is in place our producer is Ace McKay and Jeff Burson is monitoring your chats on social media but it's a first Friday I just came from benediction actually uh, I'm at the Basilica of St. Paul in Daytona Beach I was able to serve first Friday uh, exposition and benediction today absolutely beautiful uh, ceremony maybe you have plans to or have already spent time in adoration today Uh, Share that with us. We're talking about the uh, real presence of Jesus in the Eucharist. 833-288-3986. I promised you an update on Debbie, her health. She is in her second battle with cancer. She has been seeing a team of doctors, and they've been trying a lot of very wonderful approaches to help her with this. And she got a very, very good report yesterday. Um, it looks like things are trending in a good direction, a positive direction. She didn't give me a lot more details. She actually sent me an email, said, I'm on my way into church to give thanks to God right now. So um, it's good. It's positive. It's favorable. And I know I can speak for Debbie when I say thank you, Take-Two family, for your prayers for her. Please continue them. Um, she's got, uh, you know, the road, the road ahead here. Excuse me. And just grab a drink of water. You know what I think that is? I think it's the incense. Like I said, I was just serving benediction, and you have to kind of stand there with the thurible for quite a while while some of the things are going on. And so the incense got me a little bit there choked up but it's it's a beautiful thing i I love the smell of the incense so anyway debbie's doing okay and she's very very grateful for your prayers and i'll be grateful for your phone calls today 833-288-3986 maybe you want to tie in um the sacrament of confession with the sacrament of Holy Communion. You know how does confession tie into your devotion, your reverence of the Eucharist, to your preparation? Because it's important that we approach the altar of the Lord, the Eucharistic table, prepared well spiritually and certainly not in a state of mortal sin. So talk about that. Sometimes we overlook the opportunity to have masses said for people. That's a very um, a beautiful spiritual work that we can do so if you if you like to have masses said for people you know you give the parish a stipend and they offer that day or a particular day's mass intention for you or someone that you love if that's a practice that you enjoy um, please share that with us and um, I am an extraordinary minister of holy communion and if you are um, that is something I'd love to hear you talk call in, and share about you know how how you uh, how what it does for you spiritually and your love for the Lord to be able to distribute his precious body and blood in in the uh, in the as an extraordinary minister of holy communion so a lot of directions we can go with this topic today but it's entirely up to you 833 288 EWTN that's 833-288-3986 that is the number to call again feel free to email keep those emails a little bit brief if you can especially today when Debbie and I are on together one of us can be reviewing an email and getting that ready to read on the air but it's just me today and of course Ace McKay our producer might peek in on the emails as well so you can email take2 at ewtn.com but First Friday broadcast here. I'm Jerry. Usher Debbie is off today traveling, like I said, to give a talk this weekend on miracles. I think that's in the Denver area, I think she told us. So keep her in and all of those who are going to be there in your prayers. I think she said it's a sold out event. So uh, that's no surprise. People are hungry today for um, really the truth about a lot of things and miracles and, and things like that are on a lot of people's minds. So where are you today? Take two family. It is first Friday, first weekend of Advent Let's talk about the uh, Holy Eucharist, the real presence of Jesus. You can jump into the conversation here, 833-288-3986. Looking forward to talking with you. Stay with us. Great to have you here today on Take Two with Jerry and Debbie. On EWTN Radio. It is your show. It has been for about eight and a half years. I look up there at that little corner of my computer monitor. This is Friday, December 1st. Hard to believe it is December already. My brother Joe's birthday today, so he may or may not be listening, but a shout out to my brother Joe. Happy birthday and uh, wish uh, wish you many blessings and graces on this special day and anybody else who's having a birthday or a special occasion today we're talking about the real presence of jesus in the eucharist we're going to start with joseph in just a minute and there's a couple of phone lines open if you'd like to uh, just get in let's have a really lively beautiful reverent discussion about what the uh, the real presence of jesus means in our lives it's it's the spiritual food you know it's it's the food for the journey so to speak it's it's like the manna uh, from the old testament you know when the israelites were wandering in the desert you know it is our food for the journey so how important is the eucharist to you share share it with us share it with the world right now this is a really it's a unique opportunity for you to get in and just really uh, <laughs> I'd say give our Lord a huge uh, you know, shout out because uh, he went through so much, the, the horrific suffering to give us his body and blood in the Eucharist. So we ought to be extremely grateful and we ought to be very eager to share that gratitude and that love with the world. So here's the number again, it's 833-288-3986. I'm going to go to the phones in just a minute. As I said, First, I want to let you know about an item in the EWTN religious catalog. Yes, it is now December. It is Advent coming up this weekend. Maybe you've done some of that Christmas shopping. Perhaps you got caught up in the throngs on uh, Black Friday, Cyber Monday, all of that. Okay, that's great. But, you know, we want to give the gift of faith as well to our loved ones at uh, the holiday time at Christmas time and EWTN is a Hope gift bag with tissue paper it's uh, actually beautiful gift bags the tissue paper is included it's a great way to, to give your Christmas gifts this year now there are seven styles you can choose from including two that feature lovely Thomas Kincaid images and the bags feature either gold foil or glitter details and include a sweet Christmas sentiment on both the front and the back so EWTN has you covered in these beautiful gift bags hope gift bags just visit ewtnrc.com do a search for gift bags to see all offered styles and you get free standard shipping for online orders of 75 dollars or more in the continental u.s just use code free at checkout when you go to ewtnrc.com okay 833 288 3986 pretty much any angle you want to take on the eucharist here if you just uh, maybe someone who's unsure maybe you're a non-catholic maybe uh, maybe maybe you uh, anti-catholic I don't know maybe you think the church is you know worshipping a wafer or something you know we can talk about where the church gets its understanding especially from scripture uh, on the uh, real presence of Jesus in the eucharist so the number again is 833 833- Two eight eight three right, as promised, Joseph is going to go first in Oklahoma City, listening on Sirius XM 130. Hi, Joseph. Welcome.
1: Hi, good morning. How
0: are you? Doing pretty well. So happy that you called.
1: Absolutely. So I kind of just want to— uh, you say you're talking about the Eucharist, and the Eucharist has been a um, very big part of my life, especially in the last six months. Um, but um, when, I, when I go to Adoration— Um, I hear the Lord's voice so much clearer when I'm in front of him. I leave my phone in the car. I don't have distractions. I lose the track of time. And when I blend that together with the sacrament of confession, regular confession, um, maybe once, twice, even a month, um, and being in that state of grace, it's like you can hear his voice even more clearer after you do that. And there's been countless times where I brought prayers, I've poured out my heart to the Lord in adoration, and He has just come through and just blown my mind with His love and with His grace. And just to be able to stare, even though it looks to uh, us like a piece of bread, in the monstrance, to be able to stare at Him and Him stare back at you with love, it's completely changed my life and has fostered a vocation that He spoke to me three years ago
2: wow.
1: in an adoration chapel before. And um, it's been tremendous. And I brought my mom back. I didn't bring her back, but she just came back to the Church after 43 years of being mm-hmm. out of the Catholic Church. And uh, she didn't even know what adoration was. And there's mm-hmm. a lot of Catholics out there that do not.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And um, I took her to uh, Blessed Stanley Rother Shrine. And after every daily Mass, Monday through Saturday, they have an immediate... Um, Oh, exposition of the sac- of the Blessed Sacrament, and she's like, what is this? And I'm like, well, we're going to stay. And I got to show her that, and she was just like, that is so beautiful. And then also what's really strengthened me is um, singing the O Salutaris Hostia with the priest. I didn't normally used to do that, but mm-hmm. now after doing that, I just feel so much more connected, and that just kind of plays over in my head throughout the day and just gives me a lot of peace. Wow. Um, but that's kind of my experience with you, Eucharist. And I don't really think there's anything we can do to enough to give back to God in the way that <laughs> he gives right. us, Chris, honestly.
0: No, you're, that last statement, Joseph, is absolutely right. There isn't anything we can do except just, I guess, give him everything, you know, give him our will, our lives, you know, our, our very hearts and so forth. A couple things you mentioned that I'd, I'd love to kind of, um, you know, pursue a little bit here. One, I, did you, you said something about three years ago, it's, you're at going to adoration fostered a vocation. Is that in you? Are you discerning maybe uh, priesthood or something?
1: Yes, that's correct. It okay. was, It's quite frightening, actually, in that moment. I didn't really want to hear that, to be honest. And so I kind of ran away from it, and it just' kept, it just wouldn't go away. Lots of people yes. coming into my life. There's a lot of different things that happened that led up to it. And then, finally, I just gave it all to God and I said, hey, if this is truly what you want for me, then I'll listen. Here I am. Mm-hmm. And um, that's given me so much peace. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah, it's been great.
0: Well, Joseph, you're talking to somebody who knows what it's like when you say it just doesn't go away. Um, as you probably know, if you listen to the show, you, you know, I, I spent six years in formation for the priesthood, 1989 to 95. And just a little over a year ago, a year and a month ago, uh, the, the thought of priesthood washed over me again overwhelmingly. And, and as I sit here right now, I'm in an office at the Basilica of St. Paul in Daytona Beach, Florida as a seminarian for the Diocese of Orlando. So um, you're right. Um, if there's if there's a call there, uh, very possibly it's never going to go away. We can, like you said, you, you ran from it. There were there were times over the last year, as I was going through the application process and everything, I was saying, God, please let them say no. Please let them not accept my application, because it's it's just so daunting. You know, it's just such a lofty. A sublime vocation, but I'm very much at peace and very happy. So I you you, you can be assured of my prayers, Joseph, in that regard. And then you, you also mentioned, you know, a lot of people just don't know or have an appreciation of what adoration is. I could I could explain that to them, but from, from your perspective, from your standpoint, as you you're driving up, you park the car, you're getting out of the, the car and walking over to the adoration chapel, what is it that you're anticipating that you're going to experience in there? Maybe this is a good way for you to teach people who don't really take that time To go, uh, you know, adore our Lord in the blessed sacrament? Um, Peace
1: Peace. and quiet. Yeah. Just peace and quiet. Mm -hmm. And it's just so holy in there. Um, It's very, very reverent. Um, You don't even have little kids in there praying that are just silent. Nobody's talking. um, And everybody's focused on one thing, and that's on Jesus. And it it's just a way to we're all caught up in lives in our lives in our business of lives and business and we're in work, and it's just a place to set aside, and the only thing that is on your mind is God at that point mm-hmm. um and so I don't really go in there expecting anything. honestly, I just go in there just to spend time with Jesus because I know just going to mass one hour a week isn't enough,
0: hmm right. Um, Yeah, no, you're you're so right. I mean, and Jesus does the work, you know, we just need to go and, and place ourselves in his presence. And for those wondering, you know, what is this adoration about? Yeah, it's the same host, you know, that we receive in Holy Communion at Mass that the Church reserves, of course, in the tabernacles. That's why we genuflect to them. And then the Church has what are called monstrances. It comes from the Latin word, I think it's monstrare, meaning to show. And so the church, you know, brings our Lord out, exposes him in a monstrance, and then that's what we do, is we just go and, like Joseph you're talking about, we just go and place ourselves in his presence and let him do whatever he wants. So, Joseph, great call. Will you stay in touch, please? I I want to, uh, you know, I want to certainly pray for you, and I ask you to pray for me and my vocational uh, journey, if you would. Would you be so kind to do that? Absolutely. Okay. And call the show again anytime. Also, you can email anytime too. Take2 at EWTN.com. I'd love to maybe just, uh, you know, exchange uh, encouragement or something like that with you from time to time if you're, you know, at all open to that. If not, that's entirely up to you. Um, Wow. Great first call here. And that makes room on a phone line for you at 833-288-3986. Talking on this first Friday about the real presence of Jesus in the Eucharist, spiritual communions, preparation for Holy Communion. You can talk about your Thanksgiving afterward. Maybe you say the Padre Pio prayer that Debbie loves so much. Stay with me, Jesus. Um, do you do you spend time in Eucharistic adoration? Uh, there are adoration chapels around the, the country and around the world. Maybe you take advantage of one of those. Any uh, any angle you want to take on the real presence. Join us on that line there at eight three three. All right, Lillian is in Ohio listening today on the EWTN app. Hello, Lillian. Thanks for waiting. Welcome.
2: Hello, and thank you. Um, And I love your program, and and I want to say that was a very inspiring story from Joseph, Mm -hmm. and I'm kind of a downer. well. Um, well. I've uh, been listening. I listen to EWTN, and another Catholic station all day and half the night. Um, And uh, that's my only communication with the Catholic Church. Mm -hmm. Um, I went blind in 2018, and uh, I tried uh, several churches around here to get a ride and asked about if the Knights of Columbus could have could arrange it, and nobody can because of the risk of liability. And so uh, I I have here no communion with other people, no prayer partners, no ability to read scripture. Uh, I like to sing, but I can't read hymn books. And, uh, and uh, so the gentleman uh, who spoke to me first gave me help and suggestion, and and thought you might have more, but I did want to get on the air just to broadcast to other people that there are able-bodied people out there who can't get to church and long for the Eucharist. Yeah.
0: Well, Lillian, first thing I would say is I, I wish I could grab my picks and a consecrated host and come give you Holy Communion right now because Thank you're you you're manifesting obviously a, a a real deep desire and probably you have pain in your heart because of this you know and i'm very very sorry about that i i can't i'm i'm a knight of columbus 4th degree i can't speak to the you know liability risk of liability issue that that was mentioned to you but certainly um maybe that's you know on a a council level but you know perhaps in an individual night or somebody in the parish i don't know if you have you have you talked actually specifically to um like the parish office or the pastor or somebody does does a priest come by to see you occasionally lillian or or not the
2: pastor came out and gave me the anointing of the sick just i offer it in case i could never go again mm-hmm. and i uh you know i'm in my late 70s, yeah so but i'm able bodied i can you know walk and climb and things like that mm-hmm. um but i i just wanted you know i used to drive a 90 year old lady to church every day and i was just surprised that i was i thought when i was coming to this area which is i had thought was a really catholic area that, uh, you know, the church would be very vibrant, but actually my church in Florida was way more alive. Mm-hmm. Um, I The only reason I wanted to put it out there is that people who do go to church might be aware that there are others who would like to have a ride mm-hmm. church and would like to have fellowship and
0: would yes. like to be in the Bible study. Well, Lillian, you're a member of the body of Christ just as much as anybody else. And um, I tell you what, you know, if you've, you, you, you've probably, I'm sure you've listened to the show. I think you mentioned that you listened when you first came on the air and, I can assure you, you already know this: that the Take Two family is a praying family, and I'm going to really, um, I'm going to really put the the heat on the Take Two family now. Let's pray that Lillian can get somebody to bring her Holy Communion on at least a weekly basis, if not, maybe even during the week as well, because yes, there are people who can do this. Um, there are you, you did it yourself, Lillian. You just said that. You took this ninety year old lady to mass on a regular basis. It's only fair that, you know, now that you have the same need in your own life uh, that that the Holy Spirit provide you with somebody who can do that for you. So that that will be our prayer. In the meantime, um, are you familiar with, with spiritual communions, Lillian, making a spiritual communion?
2: I mean I I I, I go to EWCN mass okay. oh, every
0: okay. day
2: okay. more than once. Um, and uh so yes, yeah, I do that.
0: Yeah. Okay. Well, we will add in our prayers, you know, it's not exactly the same as receiving the the, uh, real presence of Jesus, you know, in in the host of the precious blood, but there are graces that come to you in in doing making a spiritual communion. And I'm going to make a note to to talk a a little bit about what a spiritual communion is. uh, When we come back here, we'll get to Frank, too. Frank, I want to hear your story, so don't go away. Lillian, God bless you. You are a beautiful soul. Be assured of our prayers and uh, Please Jesus, you know, Jesus, you can you can you can get Lily in the Eucharist any way, any any possible way. So please raise up somebody who would bring her your precious body and blood. 833-288-3986. Why don't you join in this conversation about the real presence of Jesus in the Eucharist? It's the first Friday of the month. Tell us what you love about receiving communion, preparing for it, your thanksgiving afterward. Maybe you take communion to somebody. 833-288- Three nine eight six. First Friday of the month, and it is real presence for our topic. By the way, in 2024, we have something very special for you here on Take Two with Jerry and Debbie. Throughout the, the coming year and, and probably beyond that, we're going we're going to make our challenge, our yearly focus, be um, uh, on divine mercy and so stay tuned for that we're working on some beautiful little short recorded spots and we're going to be doing regular broadcasts on divine mercy and what that means in your life and what it means to you so uh, stay tuned for that coming up in 2024 but for now again it's a topic uh, the real presence of jesus in the eucharist Eight three three two eight eight three nine eight six. share with the world why you uh, Why you believe, you know, why you believe in the real presence and what you love about it, 833-288-3986. As promised, we'll go to Frank, who's in Illinois, listening on the EWTN app. Hello, Frank. Hello,
3: Jerry. Uh, here's my story. Uh, for a longest period of time, I'd go to Mass on a daily basis, and I never really felt as if I was really receiving a word. And this went up for... Uh, I asked the Lord for over a year. I kept praying and asking for this sure of grace. And uh, I'm th- honest to God's truth. Uh, he gave it to me. Now, I, I really, I'll be going to Mass at 1215 at a radio instrument in Niles, Illinois. I just can't wait to get there and actually talk to him because I really know that when I receive, I'm actually receiving our Lord. And for anyone who's out there that has any doubt, I just highly suggest don't give up pray and ask him and just tell him the truth and i truly believe that after uh, whenever he decides to answer your prayer it'll happen
0: mm-hmm. well that's a beautiful story frank um so you asked for the grace to believe that it was really Jesus uh, present in, in, the, in the host and the, and, and the blood, the precious blood. And how, how did that come to you? Just sort of a gradual kind of a chipping away at your, uh, I guess, your doubts? or what, what, what would you, How would you describe that process for us?
3: Uh, you know, I really don't really know, other than the fact that I went there one day and all of a sudden it just it hit me. It's like, wow. Wow. Okay. Yeah, wow. Thank you, Lord. Uh,
0: Wow is a good word for it. Um, yeah, and now you say you can't wait to get there to church and, as you said, talk to Jesus. Um, you know, what, what is that relationship like, just having that real personal, intimate relationship with Him? And I ask, Frank, because, you know, a lot of people, especially our, our beloved, you know, non-Catholic Christian brothers and sisters, talk so much about, you know, having this, you know, uh, a personal relationship with Jesus. Tell us, for you, how it can't get any more personal than receiving Him in the Eucharist.
3: Well, because it's, it's wonderful, because I really, because there's a big difference between praying to God, but yet he's actually receiving Him in the, in, the, in the Eucharist and talking to Him. It's like, wow, you're, He's there, he's, he's with you, He's with me. And it's like, awesome. And then, obviously, it, it doesn't last uh, only for about, you know, 10 minutes or so. But actually, that sin is always the next day. It's just wonderful, because you really know that you're talking to Him. That's the only way yeah. I can describe it. You really yeah. know
0: it. It is a great uh, great encounter. It is the greatest, I, I would say, the greatest possible encounter that we can have this side of Heaven is the encounter with Jesus in the Real Presence in the Eucharist. So, Frank, anything I, else you, you want to add? Go ahead.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He loves us so much, and uh, all one has to do at least I think, is say to yourself, if you ever have a doubt, would you die for your children? Okay? Mm-hmm. Would you die for your children? And then when they was thinking about this, it, like, wow, yeah, our Lord died for all of us, but we're all his children. Yeah. And like, it doesn't get any better. I really appreciate your show, Jerry. Yeah, oh, God, God bless you for all that. your work.
0: Oh God bless you Frank. Yeah, please keep me in your prayers and Debbie as well and you'll be in ours. Thank you so much Frank for the call. Appreciate it. Uh, 833-288 3986 our first Friday broadcast talking about uh, as I said the real presence of Jesus in the Eucharist we started this I think I don't know if it was the start of this year or even a year before that but it might have been a couple of years ago we've been doing this on on every first Friday but it, it's so worth it you know it, it really is so worth it because we have the great gift like Frank said you know would you die for your own children you know well God sent his son Jesus to die for us and he uh, the, the, the the fruit of that passion on the cross is the body and blood, soul, and divinity of Christ. Everything flows from the cross, and of course, the Eucharist we understand is the source and summit of our faith. So uh, hopefully you believe that. If you don't believe that, call me up right now. Let's talk about this. Let's maybe we can, uh, you know, get you past a, a, a hurdle or a speed bump in the road or something in your understanding or belief in the real presence and if you feel the way Frank does about receiving the Eucharist, you know, call in and just uh, proclaim that from the rooftop so to speak at 833 288 3986. Uh, I mentioned that I was going to talk a little bit about spiritual communion and the importance of that, but I just want to kind of, uh, you know, Frank used the word wow a few times, and I think that that's a word that I have to say, you know, really describes sometimes how I feel, um, you know, being back in priestly formation. And, you know, obviously, uh, you know, all, all these years since I was in formation before in the 1990s, you know, my love for the Eucharist, thanks be to God and His grace, has never never waned. It's never diminished. Hopefully, it's only gotten stronger. But just sometimes to think about, you know, being the one, being the, the priest, good Lord willing, someday, um, if I, if God's grace allows me to persevere, um, you know, just being the one to say the prayers there and call down the second person of the Holy Trinity onto the altar is just uh, it's it's a mind-blowing kind of a thing, and I wouldn't be surprised if, if 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 every priest once in a while was just kind of hit with this reality and just maybe stopped for just a quick moment, even during mass or outside of mass, and just held his hands out in front of him, you know, looking back and forth from one hand to the other, saying, oh my goodness, these are the hands that call down the second person of the Blessed Trinity on the altar. And these are the hands that literally pull souls out of hell in the sacrament of, of confession. So... We need to pray for our priests. We need to pray for more of them, and uh, certainly pray for holy, godly lay people, um, you know, to be raised up, and especially people who love the Eucharist. So, if that describes you, come on, let's uh, let's uh, get you in on this conversation today. Debbie is not here today; it's just me, so uh, you can listen to me kind of chatter uh, endlessly here for the remaining oh, 18 minutes or so of the program, or you can get on and share your love of the real presence of Jesus. I'd rather have the latter here. I really want to hear what you have to say. At eight 833- three. Three, two, eight, eight, three, nine, eight, six. But this whole idea of making a spiritual communion—this is this is one of the most—you know—our our church is so absolutely beautiful because you know we receive graces in so many different ways, and you know it's not just it's it's not just receiving the Eucharist that we receive graces. Obviously, it's in many other ways, but. A spiritual communion and here's one that I found on EWTN.com I just did a quick search for EWTN.com spiritual communion and it's a very simple prayer you can memorize it or you can print it out and have it available Um, you know we, we, we a lot of us watch mass on EWTN and I think they make the spiritual communion prayer but this one says my Jesus I believe that you are present in the most holy sacrament I love you above all things, and I desire to receive you into my soul. Since I cannot at this moment receive you sacramentally, come at least spiritually into my heart. I embrace you as if you were already there, and unite myself wholly to you, W-H-O-L-L-Y, Holy in, in other words, completely to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen. And that is the act of spiritual communion at EWTN.com. And our Lord, see, God is, God is not limited by anything, by anything at all. And so he can come to us in obviously reception of Holy Communion. He can come to us. It's not an identical. I, I, I can I don't think it's the identical type or you know amount of grace or whatever. I don't know. I I, I could happily be corrected on that. But still, it is. It's grace. It, it, it's like we wear sacramentals, like a scapular and, and medals and so forth. You know, those bring graces into our lives. And so I really encourage you. You know, you can do. You can make an act of spiritual communion anytime, anywhere. And it's just a really beautiful, pious practice to get into. So I really want to encourage you to, uh, to, to take up that practice. And again, if you're not familiar with it, just do an internet search, EWTN.com and Spiritual Communion. But I'd uh, love to have you join by phone as well today, 833-288-3986. If you're involved in uh, distributing communion, maybe you take communion to a homebound person or uh, maybe to a hospital, a nursing home, a prison, something like that. Um, maybe you go to Mass more than just on Sundays, and you want to share why you just feel like the Eucharist is sort of the oxygen that you breathe, just share your love for the real presence. 833-288-3986. All right, Jeff has called from Buffalo, listening on the Station of the Cross. Hi, Jeff, welcome.
4: Yes, um, good afternoon to you. Yeah, I I thought I could call to to share to people that um, uh, I'm a minister of the Eucharist, and when I've taken... uh, communion to different people, uh, when I get into the car and it's next to my heart, uh, I, I feel uh, so high that uh, you want to get the communion to the to, to the person, and, and it feels like you could speed or really move along, and, and nobody's going to bother you for even speeding, but I don't speed. And uh, even my retired priest friend said that when he consecrates the host, uh, he feels real light at the altar, and uh even when I go to go to mass, uh, I can't wait. You know, I wish the service would hurry up so I could go up and receive. And um so um yeah, uh even when I evangelize I, I use I use that scripture all, all the time, even when I, I have to, I have to give a gospel reading and I use that when Jesus is in the boat and with the crowd of 3000 people, I use that and I use that for evangelizing too. And I, I tell the people, you know, I, it's very, very special. And, uh, that, uh, even when some priests didn't believe around the world, how, when they held up the host that it started bleeding on the altar. And, uh, that's in special cases around the world about that. And, uh, you know, there, there's there's so much to it that it's it's uh, you need it that you gotta you gotta have life in you you mm-hmm. gotta even have life in you.
0: That's right. Well, yeah, Jeff. Yeah, thank you for the call. Obviously, first of all, and thanks for being an extraordinary minister of Holy Communion. Um, what was it? How how describe your kind of your growth in love of the Blessed Sacrament that then led you to want to be one of the people who takes Jesus to others.
4: Um, it, it was a calling that i have seen people out there that were sick and and there was nobody um taking them to them and and uh, i i was working on a farm and, and there were migrants there too and they were looking on the phone to their um, churches back in guaamaa and uh so i i had that calling that they were looking for ministers and i asked father um and the bishop if i could do something like that to take them and take them communion and that's kind of how it started
0: mm-hmm. i love the way you described uh, you you obviously have uh, what i i think you have what i have and that is a a little burst they're called you know with it hangs around my neck and uh, carry the the picks in there is that what you have as well because you mentioned that it's it's right by your heart right
4: oh yeah yeah they they said that when i had to go to that schooling that you keep our board in your pocket next to your heart yeah.
0: right yeah no, that's it's this is there are so many beautiful you know signs and 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 realities and and you know just when we're when we're uh, you know taking communion to other people like you said you know you have it in your pocket there and I have it like I said in the the burst that hangs around my neck and I sometimes I'll just reach reach over there and just clutch it with my hand and hold it right right close to my heart just having Jesus there it's so beautifully uh, you know it's just such a beautiful reality of his love for us so Jeff thank you very much for being part of the conversation today great to have you with us here on this first Friday of take two with Jerry and Debbie and you on EWTN radio I'm Jerry No Debbie today she's traveling to uh, give a talk but if you weren't tuned in at the start of the program but you are aware of the fact that Debbie has been having you know kind of a a uh, struggle, going through a uh, cancer for the second time in her life. I think the first time was in the 1990s. She did have a great report from her doctors yesterday. It looks like uh, things are really uh, headed in a good direction for her. It was very positive news. Uh, she didn't give a lot of details because she was getting ready packing up last night, getting ready to travel today. But she did send me a quick email, and she was heading into a church to give give thanks to God. So, please join Debbie in giving thanks to the Lord for that uh, that health report that she has. Keep keep praying. For for because, you know, it's, this is the kind of thing that, you know, you have to keep an eye on. But she said they, they may even recommend that, you know, she not have to really uh, get checked out again for another few years or something, I if I recall her saying that correctly, so... That is really, really good news. Thank you, Take-Two family, for your prayers. And before we go back to the phones, I want to mention the Catholic Cafe, Sunday mornings, 10.30 Eastern Time, right here on EWTN Radio. This week, Deacon Jeff takes this time of Advent to look into what the Catholic Church teaches us about the universal destination of goods. That sounds kind of intriguing. That's the Catholic Cafe with Deacon Jeff, Sunday morning, 1030 Eastern Time, right here on most of these same EWTN radio stations. Time to get you on the program if you want to share your love of the real presence of Jesus in the Eucharist on this first Friday, 833-288-3986. And Karen is also in Buffalo, listening on the Station of the Cross. Hi, Karen. Thanks for joining us.
5: Yes. Good morning, or good, good afternoon, morning. I guess. Yeah. So. um Yes, I've been a Eucharistic minister for quite a few years, probably 20 or more. And um, so I have two experiences I was going to share. Sure. And my husband and I are involved with RCIA, and again, we've been doing that for 17 years. And so the oldest person we ever had was a gentleman who was in his 70s. A very sweet couple, um, and they came. And I normally didn't wasn't a Eucharistic minister at the Mass that he normally went to, but one time I was... And he came up to me, received communion. It was the only time I ever was able to give him the Eucharist. And when he said amen, I knew that he really believed, and I just was overcome with emotion. Wow. You know, that we had this connection. It was like such a blessing that I was part of his faith journey. Yeah. Wow. So that was one instance. And then um, we're also, we were also in, in the church choir at the time, so we were up in the choir loft, and it wasn't like I was trying to think about anything. Um, we were, after communion, we were singing, I don't know if you're familiar with the hymn, I Received the Living God and My Heart is Full of Joy. Okay. And as I sang that, again, I became overcome with emotion. It's just like the Holy Spirit just breaks in. It's not like you're trying to do this and all of a sudden I just got very emotional. And I felt uncomfortable because I'm thinking people are going to look and think, you know, what's wrong with her? <laughs> so, you know, you kind of try to gain your composure, so to speak. But those are incidents, you know, I find when the Holy Spirit really speaks to my heart that that I, be, I get overcome with emotion. But these were specifically connected to the Holy Eucharist, so I thought I would share that on your program today.
0: Well, I'm so glad you did, Karen, and I just want to kind of... Uh, uh, you know you you said you know you you were thinking that other people might be thinking, you know what's wrong with her I was going to say, you know Karen, really, it's what's right with you you know you your heart understands, you know, who it is in the Blessed Sacrament. It's not—it's not a what. It's not a thing. It is a person. It is Jesus' real, real body and, and His real blood. And you've had these uh, beautiful and I think very deeply spiritual and I would say emotional experiences of that as well. And I—I've had the same thing. I've—I've I've cried at uh, reception of Holy Communion many times in my life, and those are just really beautiful graces, wouldn't you say? That you know, God is looking at your heart and He sees how much you love Him, and He says, "Okay, I'm going to give Karen a little." bit Bit of a blessing right now as she receives my son in the Eucharist. Wouldn't you say that? That's probably what's happening.
5: Made me think about too. um I go to steubenville every year, mm. and there's many times there when I receive the Holy Eucharist that I just, you know, it's such a special holy place, and you know the way they celebrate Mass reverently and. So that's actually a third time, which I wasn't planning on sharing, but I just thought about it. And I also wanted to let you know that we will keep you in prayer for—I love the priests because it's because of them that we have the Holy Eucharist. You can't have one without the other. Right. And um, so we said our rosary after Mass this morning, and I lifted you up in prayer for your um, you know, uh, seminary training and your uh. um, discernment of the priesthood.
0: Karen, thank you so much, and whoever, I presume you mean your husband, you said we, I think, mm-hmm. so.
5: And so, you know, I will continue to do that. I pray for a number of priests every morning before Mass, um, like in our diocese, priests that I—recent priests in the last probably five or six years that have been ordained, because I, mm-hmm. I, they really need our prayers.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and I—, I I can't express my gratitude to you in words, Karen, for, for your doing that for me, so I thank you. And I had uh, I know what you're talking about, about the masses at Steubenville. I had the great grace of getting my undergraduate degree there, um, 1989 to 92, so I know exactly what the environment there is like. So Karen, God bless you. I will return the prayers for you and your husband and all of your intentions. How does that sound? Thank you so much. God bless yeah. you. You're very welcome. God bless you, too. Um, okay, Austin is in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, got us on Real Presence Radio today. Hi, Austin, thanks for jumping into the conversation.
6: Hey, Jerry, God bless you and, and Debbie, and I said a prayer for Debbie today. Oh, thanks. I've been listening to you for decades, you know, uh, from all the way from North Dakota to down here in South Dakota now, and, and uh, usually pick up your program anywhere I can and download your podcast. But yeah, what a wonderful topic, the, the Real Presence of the Eucharist. And uh, I uh, I'm usually a back row person. You know, when I go to mass, I'm usually uh, the last in in the last pew, frequently yeah. because I'm late. But but also, I, I choose to sit in the back row. I chosen to sit in the back row. But in recent months, I uh, somehow uh, was seated in the front row, and uh, something about being in that front pew, with seeing nothing but the priest and the altar and the the um, uh, you know everything about um. The, the mass, uh, it just had a profound effect on me. So now I try to sit in a front pew every time just because it, it, I, it, for me, it's some, it's being closer to the Eucharist, being closer to Christ, I think. Uh, but also I think on, on another level, when I sit in the back pew, I see the whole congregation. Sometimes the congregation can be distracting mm-hmm. with people talking or moving or doing something. And, uh, and the altar so far away you know it it just i don't feel connected but when i'm in a front row or near the front row i just feel really connected and it's just wonderful being that close
0: well, yeah, you're, you're bringing up something that's very, very important, and that is, uh, you know, if, if we don't get, have a chance to be up front, to, to not have the distractions kind of in our line of, of sight, you know, we really need to kind of work hard to keep from being distracted, you know, and keep our focus on what's happening at the altar. And that's, it's not always easy to do. Um, I've joked around for many years, Austin, you know, you got to get to mass early to get a good seat in the back. But, um, you know, it sounds like, you know, you've discovered the beauty of being up a little bit closer, Absolutely. Yeah.
6: Absolutely. It's wonderful being that close. And maybe more people should try it because the back rows are the ones <laughs> you need to pull up first.
0: <laughs> That's but right.
6: Like it. Yeah.
0: All right. God bless you, Austin. Thanks for uh, for being part of the show. And uh, keep us all in your prayers, if you would. Um, winding down here, we've got about three, three and a half minutes to go. Just want to look ahead real quickly to uh, next week because it is a Friday here. And on Monday, we have um, our topic is, do you arrive early or late? Look at, look at the providence of God there. I, I just flipped over to our topic calendar, and I didn't really realize that was our topic on Monday. Do you arrive early or late? Not necessarily for Mass, but just for work, for meetings, for lunch engagements. Are you uh, an early person or do you sometimes come in a a little bit late on tuesday is our first prayer show of december whom or what are you praying for december 6th the feast of saint nicholas we're going to talk about jolly old saint nick on the 7th do you like taking pictures of yourself selfies a lot of us do that they have the selfie sticks and things like that that make it really easy to take pictures of yourself nowadays do you like to do that and then on friday uh, we're going to ask you to finish the sentence my family needs to what we're going to ask you how you would finish that sentence so that's a look at it for next week the words holy spirit roll off of my lips many times a day literally if i have a situation where i need god's help with something and i don't have time to just stop and say a prayer i'll just whisper or say even even without mouthing the words you know holy spirit that's all i said holy spirit just just help me in this situation so great great point there we have god god's presence is with us in so many different ways in in the scriptures, in in the real presence of the Eucharist, in in our priests, in one another. You know, we are so beautifully gifted. This has been a fantastic First Friday broadcast. Thank you, Take Two family. Debbie, you'll be back on Monday. Uh, And we uh, just hope that you have a, a wonderful weekend. Thanks to the show team, Ace, Jeff, and Matt. Thank you affiliates for carrying the program. Until we talk again next week, have a beautiful and blessed weekend. First weekend of Advent. Let's make it a really good one. Get off to a good start. Until uh, Monday, God bless you guys. St. Joseph, please pray for us.